I like Bitcoin Cash. I mean, there's no fees with it. They, like the things that's about. Dude, yeah. that reminds me so much. Just the I like Bitcoin Cash. Are we back to Wall Street bets? I like the stock. Like <laughs> true, <laughs> very true. Well, you haven't heard this before. I've heard this before. Oh, it's interesting. That was your first take. That's the. I like the stock. I like Bitcoin Cash. Yeah. 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 You can focus on all this shit, but like, I like Bitcoin Cash. Like, that's such a. So simple. So, yeah. Hello, and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following the world on its way into hyperinflation. Jokes, but not actually joking. Following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. Today's episode number 31, clip review of Mark Cuban and Swizz Beats, uh, Sunday, the 24th of October, 2021. I am your host, Jeremy. And today there is no guest. We've got Jet, as always, uh, in the production chair, but we're also trying to live stream this episode on Twitch, uh, I've tried and failed at this in the past, but this time I've got Jet manning the controls. So hopefully that uh, works out and it doesn't overtax my internet. Um, but uh, yeah, so no guest today because I didn't want to have a guest and then have it be a, a disaster if we failed at streaming it. But uh, that's an innovation that we're hopefully bringing to the show. So if you're watching live, uh, welcome aboard. Um yeah, cool. All right, so let's uh, crack on with it then. So some uh, podcast news for this week. Uh, so I set up Google Analytics on the BitcoinCashPodcast.com site. And I've been wanting to do this for a while, but it's taken me some time to get around to it. And my reasoning is because I have a stats page there. If you go to BitcoinCashPodcast.com slash stats, I have a page where I've linked to a couple of other people in the BCH scene. There's the Pan Money team, BitPay and Cash2VN.com that publish stats about their cryptocurrency usage. And I have been publishing some of the podcast stats there, the YouTube views and also the, um, the RSS, the podcast download. So if anybody's curious how many people watch this show, well... You can, you can check that out and, and find out. And so now I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to add Google Analytics uh, stats for the actual Bitcoin Cash podcast site. And the reason that I want to do this is so that the community and the scene can have some idea of if we're growing or not, right? Because the price, while we look at it every week and whatever, and you know the transactions and so on, all that stuff is not, it's, it's kind of uh, only part of the picture, right? And Bitcoin Cash typically does terribly on price compared to all the other like coins that are getting hyped up, you know, flavor of the week or whatever, right? So it's harder to get to the bottom of, is there actual real sustainable growth happening in our scene? And so I'm hoping that uh, if there's more views on the podcast website, well, that would indicate more interest in this podcast, which indicates pretty strongly, I would say, more interest in Bitcoin Cash because that's literally the only thing that it's about and that's entirely how it's branded. So we'll see um, what the results of that are, are going to be. Uh, it's going to need to be a few weeks to see what the baseline is. I have no idea how many people have been checking out my site or not, or if it's well optimized or whatever, but Hopefully uh, that can be a, a bit of a talking point going forward to find out whether the scene's growing and also to inform me, you know, what gets measured gets managed, right? So if the views are low or if I release a new music video or do, you know, 
more regular episodes or, or whatever, we'll be able to see if, it, if it's having an, having an effect and hopefully optimize to get more and more of the world looking at this uh, website. And so any dedicated listeners of the show as well to definitely like write in if you've had a bit of a look at it and what you think needs upgrading and improving. I have a lot of ideas, but one thing I've been working quite seriously on has been the FAQs um part of the site and it, it's now actually in several categories and there's quite a decent amount of information there and there's a lot more faqs that i want to write as well but I, I hopefully can build up just a big like a wikipedia type scenario where all the information that somebody needs about bitcoin cash is there in the sense that all the questions that you know your friends and family and whatever have over and over and over and over again things that i've answered hundreds of times to different people on reddit or in person it's just all there so if somebody is asking you like what about bitcoin cash what about this what about that what about regulations what about other coins blah 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 you can just link it to that and say look check this out here is everything you could ever possibly want to know every question answered uh so i've made a bit of a start on that and i'll be interested if anybody um you know comments on the reddit threads or or uses the yeah uh contact you know uh info to let me know like uh what they think of that. Right. Okay. So let's crack on then with the actual show. So the uh, price update for this week, Bitcoin Cash, $619.61 USD when I checked uh, a couple hours ago. One BTC buys around 97 BCH. So BCH has actually fallen against BTC and it was back under 100 to 1. BTC has had a huge uh, surge up and has made it uh, back to fresh all-time highs, right? It went over um, the $64,000 mark. It got up to about $66,000, I think. Uh, and there was, of course, a little, you know, ripples of excitement, Bitcoin back at all-time highs. When is that? Not a good headline, but the uh, it, didn't, it didn't immediately go vertical. So uh, there was a sort of a bit of celebrating of, oh, the bulls all had it wrong. Bitcoin is still in a bull market. I mean, the bears all had it wrong. The It's still in a bull market. And that that is true, right? So I did uh, write and I announced uh, on, on Twitter and on Noise as well, like I gave some props to Colin Talks Crypto because in my Cryptocalypse episode number 24, I was sort of describing my theory of how we, crypto was going to sort of crash off from there. Uh, and that didn't happen, you know, it did go back to all time highs. So definitely I was, I was wrong about that. And I have <laughs> publicly, uh, admitted that. So no, no bones about that one, but, uh, his theory obviously is that the crypto will just keep rocketing up higher and higher over the next, you know, few months. Uh, and I'm still not entirely sold. Obviously I've been wrong so far, but at the same time, I think my, theory uh, still is correct that we're not seeing a lot of uh, groundswell of real adoption you know cryptocurrency is getting getting a bit of traction but in terms of people actually using it to pay for things we're still not seeing that so it's not generating that big organic breakthrough moment of everybody realizing wow this is going to be the payments of the future the whole global financial system is going to switch onto that crypto can still be okay maybe bitcoin is at all-time highs and people are excited about that because they're getting rich or it makes a good headline but i'm not i'm not seeing a mania basically uh so we'll see obviously it went back up to all-time highs and now it's dropped back a bit maybe it will go up to all-time highs again maybe it will keep pushing higher over the next 
few months we'll, we'll wait to see at this point i'm i'm happy to just let it play out without trying to make too many grand predictions but i still don't sense a mania basically or anything like any of the previous uh bitcoin bubbles so personally i don't i don't feel very strongly that it's going to be rocketing up to 100k or to higher than that uh myself it might who knows in crypto <laughs> definitely i don't but uh yeah I'm, I'm not really convinced about any of that um anyway so then as far as the transactions go last time we saw a bit of a bump up from 100k to about 140k and there were sort of questions about where that was coming from uh that did drop off after a couple of days and it was confirmed by the noise.cash team that they had moved there um they they had they had uh, been trying some different sort of batching methods or trying some different payments so that had led to a bit of an increase and then they'd found that that whatever they were testing didn't really work so they stopped doing it so it wasn't actually just a big surge in adoption it was just noise.cash uh but still good to see that you know bitcoin cash still doing roughly 100k transactions per day pr pretty non-trivial amount um you know, and definitely within striking distance of, of BDC at 300,000 uh, transactions. As far as the cent in USD, we've had uh, Bitcoin uh, is sort of leveled off a bit uh, in the sense that it had a hu that huge spike up to more than 350 billion uh, cent for just a couple of days, but has since fallen back to the levels it was closer at before that, which is in the sort of 40 to 60 billion per day and the same with bch it's it's been sitting uh pretty comfortably at at the sort of five to six uh billion type of range so roughly about 10 percent. so 100 to one on the price scale roughly three to one on the transactions and uh 10 to one on the cent in usd so definitely some uh still still plenty plenty of hope there for for bzh i would say um definitely punching above its weight relative to the price differential so this episode uh yeah we're gonna got a few different topics but the two uh sort of main ones which i'll get to towards the end are a bit of uh clip reviews um with swizz beats and uh, mark cuban also talking about bch so uh, we'll get into the specifics of those, but I wanted to bring them up uh, just before we go here onto the first slide of news, uh, which is called EDC Group Drops Glowing BCH Report, because I think the theme for this episode and, and this week is that BCH's sort of narrative is kind of coming together um, really quite nicely. And even though, like I said, we're, we're back down below 100 to 1, We've watched this sort of uh, throughout the lifetime of this podcast. Uh, BCH has gone from about 80, or, you know, whatever it was, 80 to 1, down to about 118 to 1, up to 35 to 1. And now it's back down, uh, was under 100 to 1, and now it's maybe started trending back up a bit, right? So there has been this kind of fluctuation in the price against BDC. But over the time span of that year, uh, whether BCH is high or low, you have seen increasing sort of acceptance and awareness in the just the world in general that that BCH is not going away. It's it's been it's been here a long time and it's started sorting out some of its problems and uh, it started making inroads. You know, it does it doesn't really matter if it's uh, lower down on the coin market cap 
rankings is it still gets attention. People are still always curious about what's going on here because they read into cryptocurrency and they learn about the history and they learn about, oh, okay, the block size wars and the, you know, the fork that, that happened. And then, you know, all those things, it's sort of an indelible part of cryptocurrency history. If you look, if you learn anything about cryptocurrency, well, the first thing you learn is what is Bitcoin. And then you've maybe learn like what is Ethereum. Uh, and then in part of that process, you will at some point come across, oh, so why are certain things the way they are in, in Bitcoin, like the one megabyte block size limit? Why does it cost $5 to send a Bitcoin transaction? You know, what, what, are, what is the point of all these other hundreds of coins? Why is Dogecoin good? Any of that stuff. And at some point, Bitcoin Cash finds its way into the, into the story because it is the key part of cryptocurrency history, at least <laughs> according to me. But the rest of the world, they, they, they just can't ignore that, right? So anyway, first um, first slide that we have here is EDC Group drops glowing BCH report. So uh, this is a some sort of big investment type of company. I, I don't really know all that much about EDC Group, but they obviously got on the radar of the BCH community this week by by dropping this report called Valuing Bitcoin Cash. So they did one specifically just on Bitcoin Cash. And as far as I know, they didn't do one on, on other currencies. They didn't do one on bitcoin even or ethereum or maybe they did but and i just didn't see him but as far as i know they literally just did bitcoin cash uh and they were basically very very positive about it and they uh talked about the history and you know all this sort of information of of how bitcoin cash came to be what is the differences to bitcoin uh and so on and so forth and they clearly had done their research they didn't just do it randomly uh, or it wasn't just a surface level thing because one of the things I noticed was they talked about the uh, amount of Reddit subscribers and they said, look, Bitcoin Cash has, you know, more than 600,000 Reddit uh, subscribers, which is actually pretty massive compared to even some of the the bigger cryptocurrencies. Definitely some of the ones that are higher on it on the coin market cap, they wouldn't have 600,000. Uh, Reddit subscribers. And I mean, even BDC only has whatever it was, th- three and a half million or something like that, right? So it's it's one sixth of the size, despite being at 100 to one price ratio. And they said that and uh, subtly within that is the fact that on Reddit, uh, the actual Bitcoin cash slash R slash Bitcoin cash subreddit has way less than 600,000. I think maybe it has like 100,000 or 80,000, something like that. But the one they're talking about is slash R slash BTC, which is the one where a lot of the hardcore Bitcoin cash people uh, post and, and pay attention because uh, they ended up in that subreddit uh, once the main Bitcoin subreddit slash r slash Bitcoin started censoring and banning everyone uh, for liking the idea of raising the block size before Bitcoin cash split away. But then once Bitcoin cash split off, uh, that sort of quickly came to dominate the discussion there because you couldn't discuss that at slash r slash bitcoin right uh including me i was i was in the group that got banned and then sort of migrated over to slash r slash btc but the point is that this report from etc group they knew that or they'd they'd done their research in detail enough to figure out that this was where the main bitcoin cash discussion was going on even though it has a very unintuitive name of slash r slash btc which is the ticker for um you know bitcoin btc 
so they, you know, this was not to be taken lightly. It wasn't a surface level look. And they pointed at a couple of other things that uh, BCH has massively going for it, like the fact that PayPal and Venmo this year adopting cryptocurrency, well, they adopted what I'm always explaining is sort of the big four of crypto, right? They BTC, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash, right? And it's not an accident that these kind of companies look into it and because they they see or they they either have somebody in there who is a big Bitcoin Cash fan and who understands it, especially if they've been in crypto for a long time, they're more likely to be like that. Or they just look into it and they understand, look, this has been around for a long time. This is a real community. This is not going anywhere. And in terms of real usage and not just speculative hype or mania, Bitcoin Cash is, is kind of a heavy hitter. And they also recognized in this report, the scaling improvements, because obviously they talked about the fork and about lightning network and, uh, you know, different things that BDC can't be used kind of for payments, not very conveniently and said, look, we looked into what BCH, the devs, they've kept, you know, cracking away on the same problem. They've still been working on scaling the layer one and, and being able to get it to, like I say, being a global reserve currency. And those results are paying off. It's kind of invisible to the market because there's not that much demand for specifically BCH, even across the whole cryptocurrency ecosystem. There is not those massive levels of demand uh, for transactions, especially if you filter out a lot of the DeFi stuff. If you set that aside in terms of actual retail payments or individuals um, trading you know, money between themselves without it being some kind of DeFi product, there just isn't that amount of retail need for or demand for cryptocurrency yet. But this report has figured out uh, what people will start to figure out as they get more into retail cryptocurrency payments, which is that Bitcoin Cash has a scalable protocol that can handle hundreds of thousands, millions, you know, and soon enough, um, you know, not quite yet, but in the next uh, coming few years, billions of users, uh, which most protocols can't handle at that point or at least not without being either very centralized or you know having very high fees or having to be very experimental any any or all of those problems can apply to those other chains but bitcoin cash does not have any of those problems and it has the capacity it hasn't needed it yet but the the point is that the the roadmap has already been laid down right um and as well, uh, the sort of final point I've got here on the slide is that this same EDC group, they figured out that um, Bitcoin Cash was uh, struggling because of the problems with the narrative, the problems that it has always been a sort of smaller, uh, you know, sort of knockoff in its branding uh, compared to Bitcoin BDC. It's always been overshadowed and it's always been a community that has been dominated by you know what could have been right if we had been uh given the bitcoin branding and had been able to carry forward sort of the vision with retail payments with cheap on-chain fees being able to scale up to more and more people not getting bogged down in lightning network all that stuff has has been a huge problem for for the community and so uh this report do, does acknowledge that and and it's right and it is a, a theme of this episode as well too is going to be how can bitcoin cash break through despite those that branding because we can't and we shouldn't switch away from it uh 
that's you know that's just conceding conceding the bitcoin branding is it's not going to help bitcoin cash no matter how much the btc side constantly want to say yeah well you're just a knockoff and if you changed then you you know you wouldn't be um you wouldn't suffer from that you could sort of create your own image but there's too much value and it's too important to the mission and to the story and to the legitimacy of of bitcoin cash that people understand and read the history and understand look this came from bitcoin and this was why this community made these choices and that they won't <laughs> they can't be bullied around right they can't be pushed off the bitcoin branding or the bitcoin idea no matter how many haters uh, don't really like that um so definitely that's something that we as a community need to do everything that we can to uh correct for but the the way we correct it is just by educating people you know by explaining all of those things hence why i was talking about the faqs at the at the start of this uh at the start of this episode but that that is the major that is the number one biggest problem that Bitcoin Cash has is getting enough user education that people can see past the sort of branding conflict with BTC. So this EDC group dropped a great report. They love Bitcoin Cash, but you know, very realistically, that was the one downside that they did find is that people don't understand cryptocurrency, you know, in any great detail, let alone understanding how hard forks work, how this and that, you know, all, all plays into it or what happened with the, uh, bch which is constantly sort of marginalized and uh censored wherever possible um but you know we're gonna keep fighting anyway so that's uh that was really good to see anyway okay cool so then we have this uh next slide here of 11.4 percent of adults owning cryptocurrency globally which is a claim that has been made in some uh research from coin market cap uh and it was highlighted on twitter by a company called blockworks uh who i follow and i think this this makes sense i mean i don't i don't know exactly you know how accurate or not this this is but it it does sort of make sense to me that these numbers would be about right whoever it is that did this research they did a fairly thorough job they've got a whole table of all different countries um and percentages of any crypto bitcoin ethereum cardano binance coin and dogecoin um, all listed out here and essentially it comes to an average of 11.4 percent of people own any crypto with 6.9 percent owning uh bitcoin and 3.2 percent owning uh ethereum so that that does strike strike me as about about right. I have found in the last, particularly in the last three or four months, uh, that talking to people just around, uh, obviously very unscientifically, that more and more and more uh, people are you know are aware of crypto or will just they own some right. I don't even if they just have a little bit in a Coinbase account or they don't know all that much about it. I was talking to somebody literally a couple of nights ago who told me he had some Ethereum and he never did anything with it. He just said, look, I just let it sit there. It's all good. I just want to you know, make sure that I'm a part of this. Uh, I don't have any need for it now, but it's there and I'm not going to be left out. And I think, I don't know, that sounds about right. And with 10% is a pretty critical kind of tipping point as well too, because they say, you know, in society, like a, a strong 10%, will uh tend to exert its will on the other 
90%. Like if we're at 10% now who have made the active choice to join into crypto, then it's increasingly just going to become a reality for the people in the 90% that they've got to switch just not to be left behind because that's more than a small minority that's starting to get to be an unignorable kind of uh, minority. So, and so, yeah, go I don't, on. I don't think that's right for Canada. Like maybe I'm... what does it say here does canada on this list 10 percent. yeah it says for canada so i look at these other numbers where it's like uh five percent bitcoin three percent ethereum yada yada where where does it where um the overall 10 percent just seems wrong to me i'd lean much more towards max that five percent that are owning bitcoin um maybe push it to like seven between bitcoin and ethereum but like i'd say less than 0.01 percent of canadians give a shit about any of this like <laughs> or, really? sorry really like yeah this is so so rare to me like i'm also in a rural province but like I've gone to farmer's markets. I held meetups, right? I've sponsored expos and and given out cryptocurrency. And I know people that had it and then just forgot about it. And they, like, there's just not enough use. And even in, um, even in, like, the holders, like, no one's, like, I know one person who actively trades uh, and has mm. not made money on it. So... If that's yeah. the majority of crypto people, right? It's a niche to be in this ideologically at this point. Uh, mm. And uh, there's only one person in my life that even bothers with that. It seems like this is... Way given it, Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd love for it to be like, yeah, 10%. Like, where are those 10% of people? Like, I've been doing this shit for years, getting merchants onboarded and stuff. Where are these people at? Not New well, Brunswick. I yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just, just not in your area, but sort of the way I... And obviously it is... I mean, firstly, yeah, who knows how freaking accurate or not these these stats are. Like, pretty much impossible to sort of tell where or how they figured out these uh, stats or to sort of, you know, verify them in any way. But the... I mean, to me, it makes sense because I could believe that one in 10 people had some, even if it was just that of that 10%, 80% of that 10%, so 8% overall had just signed up to Coinbase, got 20 pounds of free crypto and then forgotten about it. Yeah, the $3 or, in their earn whatever token. Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, and just and the reason is partly because I could see... I can see the transition in people around me that like, like I was saying the other night I was talking to, um, you know, somebody about, about crypto, you know, in a, just a completely different context. And it was literally just like, yeah, I've got some, still don't really know how it works, whatever, but you know, it's there. Right. Yeah. And I talked to another guy actually, who was in it, who was, he worked for a cryptocurrency uh, company. And that, that was also to me, like, Oh right! Wow, you know, I'm, I can now just run into people around who are like, "Yeah, I'm working on cryptocurrency, um, you know, full time." Right? And obviously, there are a lot of those people in the world because that's the, what the whole cryptocurrency industry is comp comprised of. But uh, still, just to run into them randomly uh, seems quite uh, unlikely, or it's never happened before, really. And then 
uh, even just the um, the fact that yeah, some of my relatives and stuff are also been getting into it. Shout out to my aunt Mary, who recently has been uh, getting into it a, a lot, and then I was uh, you know showing her the ropes and explaining it a, a little bit to her too as well. So I can just see these small little things um, coming up. Although I, I will also put in a counterpoint that is more to your side of it, which is that uh, on Friday, I was at the React Advanced uh, Conference in London, um, which is obviously a pretty like techy uh, type of crowd. And in the one of the earliest talks uh, of the day, there was one of the engineers from Facebook was there talking about um, scaling things. And the premise for his talk was about updating, uh, refreshing data that you were pulling from a website, um, you know, on, on, a, on a screen, right? And, and doing that, you know, with hundreds of thousands of, of requests and all that sort of thing. And his, uh, the sort of little joke angle in his topic was, haha, I found a, an actual use case for Bitcoin. Uh, and it was, he was pulling data from the Coinbase API to show, you know, to show this refreshing data. But what got me was the fact that, A, you know, uh, he brought up uh, Bitcoin in the first place. He could have used anything as an example. You know, there's plenty of sites you can pull data from. He just chose uh, Coinbase. But uh, B, he he misspelled Bitcoin on his slide. He had Bitcoin with B-I-T and then the capital C-O-I-N. And I've not seen that in a, actually quite a long time, right? If you rewind back five years ago, definitely six to eight years ago you would see that all over the place people with a capital c in bitcoin or the whole thing in caps or like not really sure was it a capital b or a small case b or just with a dash bit dash coin like all this stuff right i haven't i haven't been seeing that as much but this one guy was still out of the loop and still had it spelled wrong so i was like well Well, (laughs) there you go hold on did he ever write down a ticker in the slides or any of that Uh, we had the, he had, cause he was pulling data from the BTC dash USD okay. feeds and the BTC dash Euro feeds. I was going to say, like, I see that in the BSV crowd, they still do Bitcoin with the capital C. Um, do they? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's something to, to fucking, I don't want to get into it, but yeah, they, it's yeah, frequent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, okay. You know? All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, but anyway, the point was just that, and that, that kind of, that small thing just, you know, it, I was honestly, I felt like it was a bit of an unaware move by this guy in his talk to begin with, because he trying to make that kind of a joke, like, ha Bitcoin, it's still kind of useless, right? Like, firstly, he was talking to a very technical crowd. So there would have been a decent percentage of the people there who own, like we're saying, who knows what the percentage actually is, but there would be at least some minority of his audience that had some and were like no this is the future yeah. <laughs> that weren't thinking haha it's so useless but even to the even like it, it was just it was just such a clanger to me because it was the exact kind of jokes you would hear pro- like six years ago it would be like haha bitcoin it's this niche thing you can buy like one thing with it online on this store like have you heard about bitcoin haha well i'm gonna use it as this example or so you know it was that exact thing but uh, the world has moved on, has moved way past that. But this one engineer at Facebook apparently still hadn't got the got the message. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. On these stats, though, 
I, I wanted to point out that who knows whether or not these stats are accurate, like we said, but the top uh, country that they found was Nigeria with 24% of adults owning cryptocurrency, which does make sense because Nigeria does have the highest search traffic for Bitcoin and for cryptocurrencies of anywhere in the world on, on Google search. I've talked about Nigeria on the show before. The government banned cryptocurrency, which in Nigeria means like green light to everybody to jump on board with cryptocurrency. Uh, Australia comes in third at 17.7%. So again, that also was matching up with my experience in the sense that uh, Townsville in Australia, you know, the Bitcoin Cash City, it's a strong base for uh, cryptocurrency and for Bitcoin Cash and my relatives getting involved. You know, I obviously noticed that uh, more prominently myself. So that that made sense. And also in this top um, list, you also had, so Nigeria is number one, then Malaysia, then Australia at number three, then Indonesia, Hong Kong is number five. And at number eight, you have the Philippines. And all of these are countries where Bitcoin Cash has been has been doing good work. In Nigeria, there's the BCH uh, Nigeria adoption efforts. In Australia, there's uh, Townsville. In the Philippines, there's uh, a lot of the read.cash and noise.cash uh, crowd are heavily concentrated there. And in Hong Kong, you have the Riva Asia team doing a lot of good work. So all of this just made a lot of sense to me that that crypto adoption is obviously on the rise, that there's a not insignificant minority of people that own it. And it you know, was sort of self-confirming that the countries where BCH is strong are heavily represented on this list, even though they didn't uh, you know, distinguish, they didn't put a column for Bitcoin Cash, which would have been amazing. But it's possible even that they you know, had people marking themselves down as I own Bitcoin who own Bitcoin Cash, or maybe you know, some people own both. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I, I I definitely did feel like um, like yeah, this these stats are probably not way too unreasonable. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's it, I guess. People can people can make of that what they will. But the point is that it is coming, and it's very rapidly becoming a undeniable like minority who have who've bought in uh, literally <laughs> to to the idea, um, you know, to a, to a strong extent. Cool. So then essentially, uh, I was going to take a look at these two uh, influencers, I guess, from the last week and a half who have come out and been talking about Bitcoin Cash, uh, showing that it is getting onto people's radars and it is still part of the conversation. So the first one is Swizz Beats, who is a hip hop record producer, actually a quite a famous one although I had never heard of him uh, before. He's married to Alicia Keys, who I have heard of. I and didn't know that. I mean... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've never so, heard of this dude before. Yeah, well, I guess he's just kind of quietly behind the scenes, except maybe not so quiet because he has 2.4 million uh, Twitter followers. I forgot to write Twitter followers on the slide. Um and uh, anyway, he's a very big fan of uh, Bitcoin Cash. So we've got a little uh, segment here oh. from him. Swiss, what is your, because you know, you're, um, you've always been ahead of the game. You're camel racing. It's always been like cars, all this different. Stuff. What is your, t- and Harvard Business School, what is your take on this crypto life? I'm a very, very happy guy. 
in the crypto space right now. Very, you very, are. very happy. A okay. very happy guy. Were you early like Nas? Because I know Nas was super early. Well, in in in, in Bitcoin Cash, I'm, I was definitely early. See, okay. Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash are two different ones. Bitcoin is, you know, it's Bitcoin. But Bitcoin right. Cash is the legitimate brother to Bitcoin. Um, I could do a whole thing on it, but I'm not going to do a yeah. whole thing on it. Don't do a whole thing, but I'm really curious because you're smart and we trust you. And so I was curious about, because I feel like I was late and now I'm almost like, is it too late? I don't know if it's too late. And I don't really understand the world that much. And I and I know a lot of people have been talking about it. Dogecoin was trending for like two days in a row the other day. I like Dogecoin. I'm on, I'm, everybody can do whatever they want to do. I'm only touching Bitcoin cash. That's it. That's my that's my whole thing. I'm not... It's tr- I'm, like the key is to like learn about whatever crypto you want to be with. Although there's a lot of options and, and zoom, zoom in on it and make, and, and make something masterful from it. So I can spread money all over the place. Like it's, it's, you know, that's what everybody's doing, but like, I just choose not to do that. You know, I like Bitcoin cash. I mean, there's no fees with it. They, like the things that's about. Uh, sorry, I I just gotta pause it for a second, dude. Yeah, that reminds me so much. Just the I like Bitcoin Cash. Are we back to Wall Street bets? I like the stock. Like <laughs> true, <laughs> very true. Well, you haven't heard this before. I've heard this before. But um, it's interesting. That was your first take. That's the I like the stock. I like Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can focus on all this shit, but like, I like Bitcoin Cash. Like that's such I, a so simple so yeah well i mean it is and it does come to the heart of kind of uh what what i was talking about earlier in the episode the idea that the bitcoin cash scene the reason it has staying power is because people will not move off it you know that was the whole wall street um stocks thing in fact was that that would have been uh that was the second episode of this show right that you were on as a guest we talked about I don't know if it was uh, the second, Street. but it was some of, one of the early ones, yeah. It was. No, it was. It was that second episode. We talked about the Wall Street bed stuff. So I guess uh, listeners of the show can, if you haven't heard that second episode, you can rewind in time uh, and listen listen to that episode uh, and, and get some context. But it's funny how you, you bring it up now. It's Yeah, you're right. It's coming full circle. And that yeah. was the whole point of the We Like the Stock um meme from those uh amc and G- amc recently went to, to the moon by the way but uh gme we like the stock the whole point was that well there was two things about it one thing was it was sort of that idea of the diamond hands and it was like we, we're trying to go against hedge funds or whatever that can manipulate the stock price so we need to just be you know blocking out any contradictory information like almost irrationally just it it works if everybody uh, piles in on this one thing and nobody breaks, you know, if everybody just does it, uh, then, then that was it. And the other reason that it was a bit of a joke was because uh, of financial uh, regulations, you know, that you can't say, you know, I'm not a financial advisor, blah, 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 you know, so it sort of had to be like, well, this is not based on research or based yeah. It, it was just sort of like a disclaimer, like, no, I just really like this stock, you know? So there's, there's no agenda. There's no, there's no, we're not doing manipulation on Reddit. So you can't uh, sue us all. Instead, it was, no, we just happen to <laughs> love, like, we just happen to like this very, very particular stock. It, uh, and, 
yeah. Uh, if if I mean this is <clears throat> out of line for me, but I hope uh, I hope you'll appreciate what I'm going for here. If Swizz, you want to come on this podcast uh, <laughs> and tell the audience how you got involved in cryptocurrency and why you like the coin, uh, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, well, definitely we can uh, we can add him on uh, Twitter when we release this uh, this segment and see. I mean, where Minnow's out there. I did uh, add him when when uh, after I saw this clip and I put a link to it, you know, for people on uh, who are following me to to check it out and 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 have a listen. And I'll uh, I'll I'll point out what I said uh, after we hear the the next segment where he he says. Uh, he makes some comments about that. So nah. yeah, you, you ready to crack on with it? Yeah. Let me, let me mute myself again. I'm so excited about this, man. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hype. It's definitely pretty hype. All right. All right. Playing again. Now what to happen with it is just going to be super amazing and no disrespect to any other crypto, but Bitcoin cash is the only thing I'm talking about or looking at everybody else can have everything else. I'm cool. Have, have you like, have you been like seriously educated in the space? very educated in space from the best like it's not just like talking to people just because of what they're saying online it's actually talking to people that has something to do with it you know from 10 years ago you know um and really just understanding what we're doing instead of just saying we're doing it because we're seeing people make money from it you know it's just like the nfts and all of those different things like i hear the words but it's like do we truly understand how to maximize from it? I think you should do you, Nas, maybe Meek. I don't know whoever else is. I'm not sure who else are the other artists or, or folks that are heavily uh, involved in that. But you definitely should do like a a class or a course or a conversation about it. Put people on in some game. I got a video I could put up that it just that I'm gonna put up that's just gonna explain it. It's very simple. Yeah. It's very simple when you speak in English. It's not simple when you speak in um crypto language and different languages but like let's speak to our people in a language where we can understand and so um there's definitely a video that i'm thinking about putting up that can okay. show people the easy steps that we can understand and don't have to be a master to understand one plus one equals two not 17 the key thing that right, pause there for a second so been- yeah like uh what i said on on twitter when i um when I uh, commented on this was I said, look, it, he, he says, yeah, look, I've been talking to people that have been in this for uh, 10 years, you know, and that's a, that's a pretty big uh, claim. Like uh, we obviously we've had people on this show, um, you know, from, from that long ago, but 10 years. So that means 2011, you know, 2010 or, or 2009. Right. And the number of 2009 Bitcoin adopters is like less than, less than a, you know, in the hundreds. Right. And most of them were very early devs, basically. Um, 2010, you know, there's a few there around, but they're pretty rare and 2011 still very, very, very rare. Um, this, that was like the early days of crypto having a market price at all. So, uh, when, uh, you know, I mean, he might just be exaggerating a little bit. He might be saying, you know, 10 years just mean like a decade you know it's a convenient amount of time it just means a long time but i would believe i believe him that it was somebody probably you know from from 2010 or from from 2011 i saw somebody commented on 
uh, on one of the threads or something said that maybe that he's a friends with Kim.com somehow who has also recently been coming out. Well, not recently, but you know, in the last uh, year and a bit has been really backing Bitcoin cash and has uh, been in crypto that long as well too. So that, that could be the, the connection there. But the point is that he, he says, look, I, I talked to some of the very early people and that, that makes perfect sense because what he's saying here sounds exactly like somebody who would be from that era, right? Like uh, Roger Ver is obviously the most uh, prominent example, but even people that I've had on this show, right? Like um, Marcelo from uh, Argentina and Cheap Lightning uh, that we had a couple episodes back, they, they, they have that same attitude that, look, we're actually bringing a fundamental change to human society here and you need to not think about it in terms of speculating on what is the coin to get rich uh you know and and those those kind of aspects uh to it and thinking in the in the big picture of this swizz beats like he's 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 made his money right he's in no rush uh he doesn't need to be 5xing his money you know tomorrow i'm sure he's he's very very comfortable right um so for him, uh, it, it makes sense that he could think about it a little more, a little more in detail, and understand the big picture of this is going to take over society. And it also makes sense that he's uh, he's got mass appeal, right? He's used to producing music that goes out to large audiences, so he knows that something needs to be simple. You know, it needs to get the point across quickly and he's sort of identified that bitcoin cash has that problem he's you know he's trying to explain what is the difference between bitcoin and bitcoin cash and he's also trying to demystify all the lingo that goes into cryptocurrency which it does it has a lot of lingo uh some of it partly inherited from the finance world and some of it coming from um you know investing and trading sort of stuff some of it comes in from computer science a lot of it is new in just cryptocurrency itself like blockchains and like proof of work and proof of stake and hodling and you know all these kind of things that that came with it too right so is defi you... a new thing like is i understand DeFi, the, DeFi. like the mainstream defi is obviously yeah defi is like obviously new but like what was the very first defi application and i i feel like it's more traceable to like I don't know, video game currencies and the black markets for those video game currencies and people trading accounts and stuff. And yeah, well, sorry then, that for that tangent, but like definitely got the noggin jogging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got the noggin jogging. <laughs> yeah. Well, with DeFi in particular, I think that has only really become a term in the last, you know, year and a half. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit longer, maybe like, you know, two two and a half years, right? Because it was sort of with the rise of Ethereum that Ethereum fans of the Ethereum community, they needed a way, because I had never heard of DeFi when I sort of dropped off the scene at the end of 2017. And then it seems like in about 2019, 2020, that really got rolling. And it was really just that the Ethereum community needed some way to brand and label things that was like, we're doing things with cryptocurrency that are not Bitcoin and not a payment system. Yeah. So this is sort of what they ended up coming with. And I mean, obviously it's stuck, it's short, it's catchy, it's to the point. DeFi, decentralized finance makes sense. It's obviously the opposite of 
CFI, right? Centralized finance or people, I guess. Well, the name also, is. It says Tradify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, how true that is. Yeah, it varies from contract to contract. But as a branding effort, a smash hit, right? Yeah. And so that's that's true. But it just, and NFTs, right? Uh, all this stuff, like there's a lot of acronyms and shortenings and just fresh words that nobody understands, which adds on to a lot of the confusion anyway, when people don't really understand money to begin with, let, you know, if you talk to them about fractional reserve lending or about even for most people like stocks and interest rates, uh, bond yields, like even that is already like too far, uh, you know, into the weeds uh, for people that are just trying to, you know, buy their groceries and, you know, go to the movies and, and, you know, have a nice life, right? Like people know about, okay, you've got to work and save your money and have a bank account, but not everybody's going to be an expert on uh, finance. And it's all seems very intimidating uh, to people, very understandably. And now crypto as kind of cuts both ways. On one hand, it's made it uh, a lot more, you know, it's even more intimidating because it has more, you know, mystique and more lingo and everything. But on the other hand, it does also have an element that it's less intimidating because like Dogecoin, you know, even got mentioned uh, here on the Angie Martinez show. Just because people can people can get that there's something a bit more mainstream and a bit more appealing and a bit more Internet culture to it that that does help people to think I need to look into this. And maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not some impenetrable mess that I can't understand. I've just got to take it a little bit at a time. Right. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's it. But the point is, Swizz has been uh, talking to some ten-year OGs, and I believe him, and he sounds like it. And it links back to what I said on uh, the episode about uh, Nicki Minaj uh, two episodes back. That if you can get one person who has the big voice, the idea, that's worth getting a million people the idea or ten million people the idea. Because if they start explaining that with the huge reach and platform that they already have, then then the word gets out there, right? Yeah. And so this is just absolutely massive uh, for for BCH. And I hope uh, he does follow up with any you know video or content or whatever because he he's he's got it. I'm sure. I'm sure he's he, he's got it, and it's it's great to see, right? Uh, is there any more of this video? Or are we going back to the slides? Yeah, let's 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 watch. Like, uh, I think there's a little bit more. They talk a little bit more about crypto, but we'll just do uh, one more little little segment, and then we'll move on. All right. Yeah, patience, right? Uh, Having patience because it's going to go up, down, up, down, up, down. Like you, you can't look at it as a hustle, right? Like a lot of people in our community, we come from the hustle, so yes, we looking at things as a hustle, and why this shouldn't be a hustle this should be like a real a real thing you know a real investment yes a real commitment not not a hustle right you know and so um look they call me about the the cryptocurrency now you see this (laughs) maybe you're saying too much swizzy maybe you're saying too much i don't mind sharing the information but the, the key thing is have a plan like i have like a two to three year plan of, of what I want to do, you know, but you know, today I could pull out a lot of money and be like, Hey, I did the crypto thing, but you got to have patience. You have to have a roadmap. You have to have a plan and not actually, and actually not follow the trend. You usually don't want to follow the trend. You got to say, okay, what is everybody not going to do? 
everyone is not going to do this. Everybody's going because what happened in, in Bitcoin, everybody cashed out when it went a hundred times. Now it's at fifty four thousand. Those people imagine you cashed out way too early. You cashed out in the hundreds. Yeah. It's at fifty four thousand, fifty eight thousand. You could like you're never going to sleep. So you have to have patience with it and let it mature. And the same things with NFTs. Like we have to let it mature so we actually understand what it is to actually come up with the right strategy to implement what works for you. Because the way I do crypto might not work for you. The way everybody got a different style and need of what they want. You know, the stuff that I put in crypto, I don't plan on touching for three years. Yeah. Some people might need that quick bread, though. Some people might be like, oh, I'm out. Yeah, they got they to play, <laughs> play a different game. It's, it's different. It's, it's yeah. different games that you, but you have to know the overall business to pick which part of the game that you want to play. And I think that's it, what's important. Yeah, you've always been like that, though. You always like. I feel like you always looking at the game like, what's everybody not doing? So yeah, like what what he's kind of saying as well. It just kind of wraps up in, in a nice like final little segment there that he he's talking about basically about volatility and about thinking in the long term you know and he's making that argument for bitcoin cash that comes from a place of you've got to understand going to number one everyone in the world is going to be trading this it's not about oh bitcoin was hype and that's great and i made some money and i cashed out or anything like that he's and he obviously if he has been talking again to those very early adopters who told him look it was at one dollar and it went to five hundred dollars and then i sold half of it and now it's at fifty thousand dollars and he's seeing that same uh, progression in, in Bitcoin cash, right? That it is $500 now. So it could go to $50,000. And I mean, the reality will be that it'll go far beyond that, right? In terms of uh, sucking up more and more of the kind of uh, world economy as people learn to start trading it peer to peer. But the, yeah, it just, I don't know, this whole segment, I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I thought he was bringing that exact sort of BCH maximalism that I was talking about on the last episode too. He's like, look, there's a lot of cryptocurrencies out there. People can do whatever works for them, but the main game is Bitcoin Cash and that's what I'm here for. And that's what's going to change the world, right? Uh, since the early days and, and into the future. And that's how I sort of try and approach it. There's, I'm very glad we have a diverse and vibrant cryptocurrency industry and there's all kinds of projects and DeFi and different stuff going on but the, the core of it is peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash because it doesn't matter about your smart contract if there's no if you, you can't smart contract for something that's not worth anything right uh and as, as well with your nfts they've only got value as long as you have a secure blockchain and your secure blockchain comes from people you know buying up and trading the actual tokens that reward the miners and or you know, sort out your proof of stake or whatever. So that uh, that that was just really this whole this whole clip is just amazing to see, and it's just every aspect about this just shows that BCH is hitting it out of the park. Getting despite its you know pitfalls and problems with the branding, it's getting a couple key voices on side who are big names who are really putting out the word and who understand uh, the broad vision. So. So that was Swiss Beats. I misspelled it on the slide. It has a Z at the end as well too. Did I misspell it in the title as well? 
yeah, I did. Damn. Sorry, Swizz. Haven't <laughs> haven't got the grammar perfect. Uh, but yeah. Well, I guess Swizz he's not coming on the, the show now. <laughs> That's it. We're finished. <laughs> we're, didn't do our research. Gosh. Yeah, that big oversight there. But anyway, Swizz, if you watch this, man, love it. Absolutely great uh, advocacy and uh, clearly, clearly thinking in the long term, you know, thinking big picture. Love to see it. Um, right, cool. So then the other person I wanted to talk about this week uh, and have a look at some of their uh, material and, and what they've been uh, talking about Bitcoin Cash recently as well is Mark Cuban. So Mark Cuban is a multi-billionaire. I'm pretty sure he's in the multi-billions rather than just one uh, billion. Um, but he is a very prominent uh, investor. He's very well known for two things. One is that he is one of the sharks on Shark Tank, um, the uh, you know investing show in America, the sort of entre- entrepreneurial startup show. Great show. I highly recommend everybody go and watch uh, Shark Tank if they haven't, especially some of the earlier seasons. Uh, I got really into it actually when it was very new, when there was only one or two seasons of it. This would be more than like, you know, years ago, more than five years, at least might be more, might be more, like 10 years ago. Um but Mark was not on the first season, but I think it was in the second season. He joined as one of the more regular uh, hosts and, you know, investing in people's startups and, and stuff like that. And he, you know, has been, well, I guess not the host, but one of the sharks uh, and, and, you know, he's been very popular. So he's very, very well known um, for that. And he's also very, very well known for being the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, who are one of the teams in the NBA basketball league in America. And, uh, you know, I guess that's a good combo, right? Because he has this sort of charismatic side of being into sports and all that. And then the, the sort of the more like serious business side, and they do sort of combine together where he will, uh, you know, give examples of how, how business should be conducted or how, you know, things happen in the marketplace and whatever with, you know, using his own basketball team as an, as an actual example of, uh, this is, you know, how we sold this to the fans, or this is why we're taking this commercial strategy, or that's, you know, certain types of products that he likes, or or whatever. So he's a, he's a huge name and and very well known. And somewhere or another, he got invited onto this kind of call to debate uh, this on this show, smart people shit by Dennis Porter, uh, and they've titled it Mark Cuban versus Bitcoin, which is actually pretty uh, a pretty accurate summary of it in the sense that it is him and he's debating with about four or five uh, people who were all very big in the BDC scene. So uh, I can't even remember what was the names of all all of them, but Peter McCormack is in there. Who's one. Uh, They had Lynn Alden on very briefly, although she doesn't actually say very much. Uh, And a couple of other people, right. And uh, the so it is sort of a bit of a they've ganged up on him a bit. It is just him trying to argue against uh, several of them. But he is such a big personality and he's a very uh, outspoken kind of guy. So <laughs> there was no problem with him, like feeling the uh, peer pressure or anything. Uh, but every, so I recommend everyone go and listen to the whole uh, thing. You can just Google Mark Cuban versus Bitcoin or or whatever. But I've got a bit of a summary here that I'm just going to. Uh, walk through we'll check out one specific clip but the whole thing was uh let's see it was an hour and 40 minutes so 
Uh, we're not going to get into the details of every little bit of it, but the summary was that he kind of started out and Mark said, look, I don't really like gold. He said people who like gold have kind of missed the point. So he's, he's a bit sort of like the anti-Peter Schiff in that sense, where he's kind of like, look, gold made sense once upon a time, but we're in an internet era. He made a lot of money running his own, you know, internet and tech-based companies. So he understands completely that, you know, gold is basically just irrelevant, especially in a world where you have cryptocurrency. So he sort of calls out gold and saying, look, nobody's taking physical delivery of gold and they just have gold for store of value. Then all the maxis kind of tell him, yeah, we hate gold too, but Bitcoin is this amazing store of value because it fixes all the problems with gold. And he kind of says, well, yeah, sort of. And then they, they, you know, he says, look, but I like other cryptocurrencies as well. He says he likes Dogecoin. Same reason I like Dogecoin, which is that it gets people involved. People can try it out. It's approachable and it's fun. Then they, uh, the Bitcoiners kind of call him a scammer because, you know, in their delusional worldview, anybody who promotes anything that is not Bitcoin and exactly and only Bitcoin is a scammer. And they kind of get into this debate, which is about medium of exchange versus uh, store of value. So the Bitcoin BDC side have spent the last several years uh selling this story that it's about being a store of value money has three functions store of value medium of exchange unit of account and store of value is the first and most important why because gold is like that and they want to be like the digital gold and it sort of plays into well you can protect your wealth from inflation uh you know that's why i made that joke about hyperinflation at the start of the episode you know by storing your value in bitcoin and it's this immutable thing right uh and what we're going to see in this clip we're going to look at in a second uh is that mark is kind of coming at it from the other point of view which is much much more the bch point of view which is that store of value is important it's i mean it's important to be able to hold wealth in your assets but for cryptocurrencies in particular the reason for that value the reason a cryptocurrency can store value is because it's a fantastic medium of exchange and the fact that you can send it around everywhere and it's cheap and fast and quick and easy to use is what makes it valuable and then so it goes medium of exchange then store of value then unit of account whereas the b2c maxis it's more the opposite where they think it's store of value then medium of exchange then uh unit of account there's a very subtle and very uh important difference so mark gets into it in great detail with them about about the about this distinction so let's just have a, a bit of a listen to the clip uh where they're kind of getting onto this uh topic so I just think to try and say it's one or the other is, is, is misleading because Bitcoin is unique in that it can actually be both. Well, first of all, it's not unique in that. And when you compare it only to fiat, it's really, really easy. Just like when competitive blockchains only compare themselves to Ethereum, it's really, really easy. Oh, my God, compared to Ethereum, it's, it's faster, more transactions per second. You're not in a vacuum. Mark, so when I, do you know why people care what you think? Well, wait. No, let's go back. You're changing okay. subject. Sorry, if I finish. Let's go back and have a discussion mm -hmm. on this, mm -hmm. right? You're not. Bitcoin is not alone in doing this, right? So you, bit, you there's a variety of ways. You can go to a Mavs game and you bit, bit pay. You can use a credit card. There's different alternatives that if you want to use direct pay, you can have far lower transaction costs. It happens instantaneously, all that stuff. That's not unique to Bitcoin. It is to El Salvador. So, El Salvador. Well, it is in El Salvador. 
Yeah, so I'm just giving but you a perfect example. I'm giving an let's actual example. Great, but let's go to the Bahamas and look at Bitcoin Cash. It's been there for how long? Um, but, but there's no need to compare it to Bitcoin Cash because Bitcoin Cash has no network effect. Nobody cares about it. So I'm just telling well, you. I'm you're t- hoping, so, so you're hoping that Bitcoin has that has a better network effect in El Salvador. You're hoping. No, it has that network effect because I used it. Uh, every, every, every retail environment I went into after September the 7th accepted Bitcoin. I went to Starbucks, went to McDonald's, went everywhere and they accepted it. And there's a lot of places that accept America, you know, AMC Theaters accepts Dogecoin. It yeah, doesn't make it a network effect. No, you've missed the point. Every- Sorry, Mark. Sorry, you're missing the point here. What I'm saying is uh, what Bukadi has done is he's bootstrapped a whole country so everyone accepts it. So it now works there. So I'm just telling you when you say it's a store of value and not a medium exchange, I'm telling you it's both. What I'm telling you is as long as – so a lot of things can have multiple features. I'll go back to gold. It can be used for in- industry – it can be used for trans. It can be used for um, jewelry. It can be used for a lot of things. The question becomes, what is the primary utilization? Bitcoin, without question, primary for value. Now I understand that the Lightning Network creates opportunity. El Salvador, it is now required that they take Bitcoin in transactions. That's great. Now. They thought it was going to be the difference in the Bahamas for Bitcoin Cash. As you said, it didn't have the network effect. We'll see what happens in El Salvador. We'll see how it plays out. Well, we'll it's see. Not the, it's not a network effect yet because there's demonstrations in the streets and there's a okay. lot of people who don't. I, again, and, let me just answer that point because I was at the demonstrations and uh, I went to three right, demonstrations. Let's pause it each one, there was less than five. So, I mean, there's <laughs> sort of a lot to unpack. But the summary of it is that, you know, Mark is right. You know, he's, he's, he's trying, but he's finding that he's talking to a bit of a brick wall, uh, which is that Peter McCormack has his narrative that he's built up to himself in his head that Bitcoin is this huge store of value and it's all good. But then the Lightning Network is going to be this savior, which is going to rush in and make it usable as a medium of exchange. And then everybody will sort of flood into it, right? And that's that's like complete complete horseshit, right? It's not that there's nothing going on there. There's sort of some semblance of an idea, but the he's way oversold himself on, on what's happening. And so he went to El Salvador and he paid it for a Starbucks coffee and he bought something mcdonald's that's great but the truth the truth of the matter is that a uh mark um falzone who i uh brought up in a segment on the show a couple of uh weeks ago he also went to el salvador and he found look there was people protesting against bitcoin and there was you know problems with the with the rollout so maybe at this one cafe that um that peter mccormick likes he can pay with bitcoin that's great but he's paying on the lightning network with the sort of Chivo wallet or, you know, centralized setups that they have there. It's not a groundswell of the people voluntarily choosing. We want to trade this exact commodity. And so Mark is trying to get him to see the opposite point to that, which is obviously Mark, who is not as deep in the echo chamber did see some of this information about 
there was protests and there was problems in the El Salvador rollout. And he also intuitively understands that you cannot dictate these kind of things. He, like you said, he, at the Mavs games where, look, people can pay in Dogecoin and people can pay in Bitcoin Cash and, you know, people can use their American Express card. He knows that there's no rules or top-down control that can force the population you know to behave in a certain way in a free market and so undoubtedly in a free market it's up to the people to choose you know what their consumer preference is and a lot more of the talk if you listen to the rest of it is mark trying to explain to uh the bitcoiners that consumer preferences is what's going to drive the market it's not going to be you know who has the flashiest tech or the coolest brand name or who has uh you know approval by uh one government or another government that really at the end of the day the people are basically just going to vote because they don't care about all that stuff behind the scenes they care about you know what is cheap or easy to use or just what catches their imagination right and that you cannot uh you cannot force that and bdc is in quite a precarious position now and you can you can almost feel the uh tension and the struggle building up for them because you have uh, like in this clip of Mark Cuban arguing with these these Bitcoiners, they they do they're not even really processing what he's saying because he's coming at them from outside of their bubble and their little pre-agreed reality that Bitcoin is the the truth and everything else is a scam. But outside their bubble, ninety nine point five percent of the world doesn't care about any of that. They care about what can I actually use to pay with and what makes sense. What will people actually use? And very few people will, will use Bitcoin. It has had its window from 2017 until now to, uh, to take off, to capture the public imagination and to establish itself as the dominant currency for payments. But it hasn't done that. And the reason it hasn't done that is because the BDC side deliberately derailed themselves into all this lightning network and all this other like stuff. And so that's left the door open for other currencies. And, and Mark understands that. And he knows that 99% of people are not paying with cryptocurrency every day yet. So they, ha- they are still sort of undecided and they're the overwhelming majority of the, of the market. And so he can also tell that medium of exchange is what matters, not the store of value stuff. Or at the very least, he's sort of pigeonholed bitcoin into that store of value category because like he says the bdc crowd has spent so much time and energy reinforcing this story that bitcoin is like gold and gold is clearly a store of value because nobody actually trades gold coins you know peer-to-peer to buy their coffee anymore so he's he's sort of sidelined that and he has i don't know why it was the bahamas that particularly got on his radar but he's certainly found at least somewhere in the world that Bitcoin Cash has maintained that philosophy of being tradable peer to peer, and also the just the idea that he talks about. Um, you know, further on in the talk, he mentions a little bit about the the block size wars and all all those things. Like I was saying at the start of the episode about uh, about the history, and once people look into it a little bit, they they uncover the story of Bitcoin Cash at, at some point because I don't know they read the white paper or they you know hear about the block size wars or they wonder about why hasn't bitcoin completely taken over and the answer is it would have been if bitcoin cash had won but it didn't and so we're having to do it do it the hard way um and so what he's understood in my opinion because i i know that mark cuban i 
know when he got interested in cryptocurrency. It was a few months ago. Uh, he, he's probably been involved longer than that, but he was sort of coming out publicly and talking a lot about it. He went on the Bankless podcast and he was talking about Ethereum and he was very, very excited about DeFi and these yields and new financial products and stuff. So obviously something there had clicked in him that he'd, he'd seen the value. But now uh, a few months later, you know, six or nine months later, we've seen a big, this is a, represents a big increase in maturity of his understanding of cryptocurrency in that space and time, because now he's, he's, he's understood, I don't know, wouldn't be surprised if he'd gone back and he'd read the white paper and just with more time to think it over uh, and maybe with some experiences seeing Dogecoin being, being paid uh, for things and stuff like that. He's, he's got to the idea, the point that it isn't about necessarily DeFi is nice, but ultimately the main game is about uh, peer-to-peer, you know, consumer payments and that this being a new form of money is going to be the huge fundamental change in the financial uh, system, or at least set the groundwork for then all this other DeFi and all this other stuff. But the the real thing that is going to convince people in meat space in the real world is seeing people scan and buy a hot dog in the halftime stands at a Mavs game. And he's got that idea. And so now that he's, now that that's uh, clicked for him, he's uh, understood that the BTC crowd didn't make it over that jump. And the reason that they didn't is because they're still thinking in terms of a fiat to crypto economy. And he debates that with them where he talks about, okay, you've got it going in El Salvador, but what about if it's denominated in USD? And then what if people need to cash out and all these kind of things? And he sort of tries to explain to them, what about you need to get a crypto to crypto market going on? Because BDC is not used for payments. It's not a medium of exchange. It's mostly a store of value. But with Bitcoin Cash, he doesn't talk about Bitcoin Cash specifically in that segment, but he's obviously thinking more of these payment coins like Dogecoin and like Bitcoin Cash, that if somebody can earn Bitcoin Cash and then spend Bitcoin Cash or earn Dogecoin and then spend Dogecoin, or he talks about mining Bitcoin, if you can mine it and then earn and spend it in your own economy, then, then you've created a loop. You've created a separate economy and it can't be just sort of this thing where people are buying Bitcoin, trading it a bit, but then cashing it out for USD. That's that's not a loop that hasn't divorced and created a new economy. But he can see that obviously happening in Bitcoin Cash in the Bahamas or in or in other places. So this maturation of his understanding is now being broadcast uh, exactly the same as Swiss Beats to millions of people because he already has a huge voice. He's very well known. And if he gets on this podcast and starts, you know, ruining them in a debate, any objective observers can listen to that and think, yeah, Mark is right. I don't know what these other uh, guys are sort of talking about. And so then there was just sort of a bit of a section uh, towards the end where Mark talks about the store of value versus the DeFi tokens uh, because he, uh, because he came into it through that way, he goes back to saying, look, there's got to be some intrinsic demand to create a self-sustaining economy. And that's where he likes the DeFi tokens because he can see people are buying that for the application so they can actually use it. Or like, you know, he'll also get to the point of understanding, well, Bitcoin Cash, it's like that because people buy it so they can pay and actually uh, use it. But the Bitcoin, if it's a store of value and that's all it is, I mean, really, you know, we're, at this point, uh, we're just talking around the fact that it's turned into a Ponzi scheme is everyone buys it hoping that their money will be worth 
more later, but that's not going to be enough in a world where paying with crypto becomes a, a regular and accepted thing. And yeah, Peter McCormack, he just has these sort of terrible arguments where he says, look, comparing crypto to Bitcoin is like comparing cars to bicycles, where in his mind and in the mind of all the other, um, you know, BDC maxis, there's the one true Bitcoin and everything else is just uh, irrelevant and doesn't match up. And there is a lot of key differences between Bitcoin and a lot of other cryptocurrencies, but they are all competing ultimately on a somewhat even playing field, right? So Bitcoin Cash can, you know, is a, is, a, is, a, is competing and so is Dogecoin and so is Ethereum and so, so are all these other uh, coins. And it's funny that when Bitcoin Cash gets brought up, his only, you know, instant little retort is it doesn't have the network effect. And that's, that's a very dangerous place that the BDC community have now found themselves in where their only argument against Bitcoin Cash, because a lot of the things they could argue against other coins might be like, well, it's not decentralized because their mining network is smaller. Well, that's not true for Bitcoin Cash because we have the same mining network or we could have, you know, if we grew into it or, um, you know, that it's not, uh, that they have a strange monetary policy like Ethereum. Well, Bitcoin Cash doesn't have that, has the same monetary policy theorem. Well, it has a weird brand, like people trust Bitcoin. Well, Bitcoin Cash, people also can trust that because they trust Bitcoin. So they're, they're, but Bitcoin Cash, because it is kept staying in the discussion, uh, it's now got to this point where the only argument against it is it's smaller. And that's, 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 uh, that's not like an argument from first principles. That's like self-reinforcing. It's smaller because it's smaller unless it grows and then it's not smaller. Well, what then? It just takes over, right? If it has better uh, better properties. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Jet, what, what did you think of this? Yeah, the two most common things I hear is, well, it's smaller and number uh, hasn't gone up as much. Like, yeah. because at, at this point, right, where Bitcoin Cash was at like $300 for so long, like, mm. And and even in the the fluctuations, like three hundred dollars is, I think, pretty damn close to the bottom. Uh, mm. And it seems like whenever we get there, anyone in Bitcoin Cash stocks up. It's not like these people aren't making money anymore. Like mm. maybe maybe you know back when Coinbase first released Bitcoin Cash and it was like four four grand or something. If you bought then, sure you might still be out a couple bucks. But at this point. The the BTC arguments of, well, it's smaller, uh, does seem like it's self-feeding because, I mean, we've talked about this before where it seems like we'll just barrel down, like test all of your different cryptocurrencies out, like give them a shot. The more you use them, the more I feel um, we're going to get users with Bitcoin Cash because of how simple and easy it is. Uh, and then, yeah, like number sure isn't 54,000, but uh you could easily have made a hundred percent in Bitcoin Cash over the past year and a half. You couldn't could not do that with uh, BTC. If I'm if I'm remembering things correctly, I don't know. I know we did go down for a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Bitcoin Cash had an absolutely horrific run after it, you know it was uh, launched on you know initially, and because it was the first ever fork of Bitcoin, uh, not the first ever cryptocurrency fork. Interestingly enough, like Ethereum Classic was earlier. But at the time, it was much more 
you know, a much more traumatic thing for the whole cryptocurrency scene. And because it was that first fork, the exchanges didn't know how to coordinate it. Nobody knew what would happen. Nobody knew if the fork would be, you know, would survive successfully or if it would get attacked by the miners or if it would be completely, uh, everyone would flood into it and it would completely take over. There was so many unknown variables and it had a very rough time uh, as it as it happened with starting off with quite a lot of a lower price getting launched on Coinbase and getting loads of hype, but then getting dumped off by all the people that wanted to just see it die and go away. Uh, and, you know, it did, it went from $3,000 down to $80. Like it's like the pinnacle of death, you know, just the same as uh, when Bitcoin, uh, you know, the original OG Bitcoin went from in 2011, I think it was, it went from $32 down to $2, right? And the whole world wrote it off. It's gone. That's it. You know, once it's gone from $32 to $2, surely it's going all the way to zero, right? And But the, the point is that it's not, a, uh, it's not a linear thing, right? The lower the price goes, the more the hardcore can sort of sustain its price, right? The less people it needs uh, still just buying a couple bucks every couple of weeks for the price to flatten out. And then if those people keep doing that, slowly the ship turns around and that's what's happened. And so then... So it was down as low as $80. And then, yeah, it has been in this sort of range of like between 200 to 400, 500, $600 for all that time. BSV got forked off and that didn't completely wreck everything. And then uh, eCash recently forked off and the price started rising up a bit. And so the community has survived those things. And there was a lot of uh, BDC holders who could dump all their Bitcoin cash and celebrate. Oh, we got rid of these fake Bitcoins. I cashed it in for real Bitcoins. Hooray for me. And there was also a lot of people who oh. were bought in those early days. Hey, what? I, I just checked the numbers. BCH yeah. year to date, 107.7%. BTC year to date, 105.66%. So BCH is outperforming BTC year to date. Right. Even even at this exact moment, where in at the this, last at week this and exact a, and a, moment, yes, yeah, no, but all I'm saying that because in the last two weeks, uh, BCH has actually struggled against oh, BDC. Yeah. BDC has surged like we were up at whatever it was, sixty or seventy to one, and now it's closer to a hundred to one, right? Yeah. So even with that uh, recent drop off, BCH is still outperforming uh, BDC on a one year time. That's super interesting by two percent. Which in crypto so, isn't much, but in normal stocks, like that's <laughs> that's enough to change your stocks right there, right? Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, yeah, definitely in crypto. That's that's small potatoes, right? And but as, the, it, it, yeah, and Go assuming on. like the the patterns historically, like every time there's this bull run, B, BCH is the last to pump, and then when it does pump, like it's like a yeah. I'm not going to really like pump the pump, you know what I mean, but like <laughs> it, it'll be a it'll be a ride, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I think and I think what the the BDC crowd don't understand, but which maybe the market generally and a lot of smart, you know, high profile bigger people, people like Mark Cuban, Swiss Beats or even like Elon Musk, they all take a very serious even PayPal, Venmo, all these places because they have people who do the research they understand that bch can come from nowhere very 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 fucking fast because the only thing that it's lacking is sort of the impetus 
from all the like random speculators and whatever. It doesn't, it's got everything else there. It's got a solid mining network. It's got a ton of solid devs. It's got a community that isn't going to let it die. It's got now DeFi with smart BCH. It's got, you know, the brand recognition that people know Bitcoin Cash or they know Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, whatever, much of a muchness, right? Close enough. Like it's got all of these things. And if it's once it starts to run, it can just run away, you know, very quickly. And I've said this before on the show, I'm going to keep saying it until it happens, which it will eventually, is there will just be a tipping point at which Bitcoin Cash just becomes... But is it Bitcoin Cash though? Is that... Were they right the whole time? Was was this, is this going to just take over? And as soon as that narrative becomes a little bit self-perpetuating, there'll be there'll be no uh, no stopping it. And uh, it's those hard, it's the hard work of getting ground adoption that that convinces people more than any amount of arguing on on Twitter and. The BTC crowd have just done, you know, they've just done everything wrong, even though their price has gone up and they feel jubilant. They're still so insecure about their own position uh, against the crypto market as a whole, but also against Bitcoin Cash, because when Mark debates them or something like that, you can even hear in that clip, he says, like, stop changing the subject. Like, let's go back to that first point you made. And if you listen to the whole hour and 40 minutes, he does that about 10 times because the whole game is that they will say something and he'll have a counter argument and then they'll just sort of try and dismiss it off quickly and then say but to move on to this next thing they don't if as soon as it becomes call and response and call and response once you get into the weeds a little bit the cracks in bdc just start creeping up to the surface of the discussion and the bdc community have uh you know become ever more toxic and insular amongst themselves confirming to each other that they are the big you know the big dogs in the scene but the actual uh brain drain of of people and talent in the scene has mostly for the most part left bdc and then on top of that now you have they're being attacked from both angles from below and then also from above where people like elon or mark cuban who are bigger than bitcoin and who have more reach and also have no implicit bias or need for money or whatever start looking into it and thinking Okay, let me just do my own independent analysis. And very often, that's they, there's, they can see Andre Jick, who we, uh, I mean, he's not in the same league as those other two, but, uh, you know, people coming in and doing their own independent analysis with a pre-established platform, they always see there's there's something going on here, something special in, in Bitcoin Cash. So, yeah, I guess really that's, uh, that's all I wanted to say about... Um, about that clip, but I do recommend everybody uh, listen to the uh, to the full uh, thing if you haven't. It's uh, very enlightening. It, I don't know. Shows a lot of about the BTC <laughs> state of affairs, and uh, Mark Cuban has a lot of great points. So definitely an interesting listen. Before we move on, um, yeah, just I want to entertain a, a thought for a moment. So, like, yeah. I remember all this talk about the flippening, and I was exhausted by it. Like at, even in the BCH camp, I was like, I, I've got a flippening shirt. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get one of those shirts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they get made anymore. But I'll eh. make them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it'll be really interesting, and it'll be like, there'll okay. So assuming 
Bitcoin Cash gets this adoption and this narrative and like we do get those like speculators um, then the BTC crowd that have been here through that the flipping narrative originally that failed they're not going to believe a new one they're going to be like oh it's still a shit coin mm-hmm. watch this dump and then like how long would it take Bitcoin Cash to sustain its value or surpass BTC for them to be like like how powerful is that cognitive dissonance in this kind of situation? Uh, how long would it take someone to be like, oh, maybe I was wrong? And how much will the sunken cost fallacy like prevent people from trying to make that switch? And I think, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we can apply that to any crypto crowd. I'm sure people will say the same about BCHers. So I don't really want to uh, direct it at any, any one group of people. But I think we see that already um, with what I would consider failing coins. Yeah, I mean, and we are going to, this This is exactly what this conversation here represents, is that why, why they called it Mark Cuban versus Bitcoin. Why did they do that? That was the stupidest thing. They should be thinking Mark Cuban meets Bitcoin. They should be wanting to be there, chatting to Mark, getting him on side, explaining to him all their arguments and all that. But they come into it with an adversarial mindset yeah. that it's going to be us versus them. and. Bitcoin and even Bitcoin Cash, you know, and even cryptocurrency as a whole does have an element of that because it it's like goes back to my analogy about the Spartans, you know, it has to be resistant to overwhelming disapproval from everyone outside the community. That's the only way that it's succeeded to the extent that it has. But the BTC crowd have taken that way, <laughs> way too far, way off the edge of the, the cliff uh where they now they're set to fight against anybody who they'll go out they'll pick a fight with them they won't even try and uh you know bring them on board you know uh, so there's even a, somebody who could help them you know there's a there's a meme of a man who may be mentally ill i'm not sure uh it he goes to like a public park and he sits down next to this group of teenagers that are having a picnic and he just starts like asking them all this shit about covid and they're like mm. can you go away like we're just trying to eat and he's like well i have a right to be here and i feel like that's going to be bitcoiners like they're just going up to kids having a picnic and being like hey you're wrong <laughs> like the world's moved past them that's yeah. that's the thing they they don't understand that either too because the price is the last thing that will indicate this is that is that uh, the conversation has moved, you know, escape where the puck is going, right? What are people thinking about, like Swizz Beats was talking about, what is he thinking about in three years' time? He's not thinking about Bitcoin BTC in three years' time. He's thinking about Bitcoin Cash in, in three years' time. And the, just that narrative, it's just this ineffable thing which you can't control it anywhere. But once the critical mass has moved, it's too late, you know? Once... Uh, once Elon comes out and says, all right, f- Bitcoin Cash is the better Bitcoin, that's too late. The time to to be figuring this out. And they can't see the warning signs are going off everywhere. You know, their market uh, dominance is constantly declining. There's more and more altcoins. I mean, there's always going to be more of them, people making hundreds of coins. But I'm talking about coins that have real communities, that have a lot of people backing them, that have a lot of money, that a lot of people are interested in that you know that there's a lot of excitement around it's not even just bitcoin and ethereum well there's i mean i don't even like a lot of these coins but there's you know there's solana and there's avalanche and there's uh, dogecoin and there's you know whatever there's and there's uh you know if you filter out okay tether stable coins 
you know, Binance, uh, USD or Shiba Inu or whatever, like just pump and dumps. If Even if you filter it down to some actual kind of real projects, there's still a few things really starting to, to get in the mix that have legs of their own. Uh, BCH obviously being one of the longest standing uh, members of that collective. And as those things just build up more and more momentum, what the BDC crowd don't see is they see that they're on top now, but they don't see all the people that aren't joining. Like other communities are growing and they're attracting more people. And those people are just skipping straight past BDC or kind of passing through and ending up in another community like the Ethereum community or like the Bitcoin Cash community or like the Dogecoin community because they look into BDC and it doesn't, it doesn't interest them. It doesn't serve their needs and it's just toxic and negative And it's, you know, it's all or nothing. Like if you're not all in BDC, well, you're a shit coiner who likes scams like Mark Cuban, but of course Mark Cuban is not going to respond to that. And he, how would you call Mark Cuban a scammer? He's a well-known billionaire. He has no need of money. He's not out trying to make a quick hundred bucks you know he's probably richer than everyone on that call he was with combined by like 10x you know like there's it just doesn't make any any sense but that's that's where they're in and they're not gonna see the the wind has shifted until they're already plummeting off the cliff and like we saw peter mccormick his only argument is bitcoin cash doesn't have the network effect so if that's gone if something else starts to have a network effect what then there's there's no way back there's no way back all right, I guess that uh, well that'll wrap up that topic. So on <laughs> onwards to the last <laughs> to the last couple of things. Mark Cuban, love you, man. Anytime you want to come on the show, very welcome to. I'll tag you in the Twitter post too. All right, uh, so meme of the week this week is uh, very appropriately themed with what we we're just talking about. It is the uh, meme of the guy with his girlfriend who's annoyed because he's turned around to look at. Uh, another girl who's just walked past him is one of my favorite meme formats. I just always find it funny. But in this one, the guy, uh, the guy's face, uh, they've photoshopped uh, Mark Cuban's head onto that. And then the girlfriend who's being scorned is Bitcoin. And the girl in the red dress who is uh, more attractive is Bitcoin Cash. So Mark's just turning away from Bitcoin and being like, hmm, Bitcoin Cash. And that's the exact, uh, this exact meme format was like the same one I did a few like ages ago where I did it with Bitcoin Cash was the girl in red, but it was, and the Mark Cuban figure, it was just like the transactions, right? Slowly, slowly people are like, well, why would I pay $5 for a transaction when I could pay 0.01 on, on BCH and just moving over. And that's just the state of the world is, is everybody, um, kind of kind of moving over like that so that one made me laugh so good job to uh slash u slash btc xio on reddit uh great uh great uh great memory there and then community comment of the uh week shout out by the way to roadie gaming first one to comment in the twitch chat so it seems like the stream's uh working uh right so community comment of the week uh, all very on theme with what we're saying, which is today from Colin Talks Crypto, who I did uh, explain at the start of the show, uh, you know, he did get it right that, uh, you know, a few months ago, uh, we were not going to be in a bear market. We were still in a bull market, uh, but it remains to be seen if we're going to see a huge explosion in crypto or not. But unrelated to any of that, he uh, posted uh, in the subreddit today, 
And he said, recipe for success. In the crypto space, it is often the nature of the community of an underdog blockchain to attack an incumbent blockchain, but it's not the recipe for success. Rather than relying on the failure points of another blockchain, uh, in brackets, BDC and ETH, for example, close brackets, for the success of your own favorite chain, work on making your own chain so good that it is the natural free market winner. This includes great public perception, promotion, and technology. In the case of competing technology from an unadopted blockchain, it can't be just be a bit better or even 2x better. It must be an order of magnitude better for incumbent participants to switch in any meaningful way. And it must be well received in the public eye. This means good marketing and promotion. So he made this post and I 100% agree with it. This is spot on, you know, nail on the head, which is that, uh, obviously, like we've seen, you know, Bitcoin to attract people out of the US dollar, it can't just be twice as good. It has to be 10x as good. And it is 10x as good. And so for BCH, uh, I think he mentioned uh, maybe in some posts on Twitter that he, he said in similar things, this is sort of the BCH and, and EOS communities, uh, both of which he's, he sort of likes and is involved in. This is sort of seems to be what he was targeting uh, this message to. And he's right. Uh, for BCH to start out punching Bitcoin, it needs to be orders of magnitude better. And the funny thing is that we actually already are <laughs> in the sense of on-chain transaction fees, a very critical metric. BCH is 0.001 and BDC is like you know $2 minimum. So we are already a couple of orders of magnitude better in terms of on-chain uh, transaction. But there is a lot of things that we're and we're all also better on scaling, like BCH's potential to scale another 10x or 100x is much higher, much better established and studied than than for BDC, um, which is going to have a lot of problems with the Lightning Network uh, trying to do that or custodial services, which defeats the point. But obviously, BCH overall is not magnitudes better than BDC yet partly because of the branding and also partly because they have a majority of the hash rate and the liquidity. So the BCH community does need to, um, you know, fix, uh, fix those things, but those things will get fixed naturally in time. The way we're going to do that is by uh, starting to focus internally. And like Colin is saying, just, just make a better technology, just prove to the free market that this is the, this is the coin providing what, people want uh, and we are starting to do that so i wrote a response in the th in the thread but the summary of it was that we already have uh, fees and order of magnitude lower uh, but you can see that in the last year the bch community has stopped going back to those arguments of 2017 or uh, you know we are the real bitcoin we're still going to have that it's still important to keep that in mind but the way to win is to just start putting up numbers that cannot be denied in terms of forward progress. And that's what's happened with smart BCH. For instance, BDC is miles away from having a EVM compatible smart chain integration. In fact, I would have said, guess that they probably never ever will, but we've already got that and it's starting to run. Okay, there's a centralized bridge right now, but I'm sure that will get sorted out over time. And I also said noise.cash and read.cash, other great examples like, that kind of micro tipping site building its own social networks with its own community and everything. It's just, you know, amazing. Like BDC is miles away from that because they're already too comfortable. They've got Reddit where they can ban everyone off the R Bitcoin subreddit and the R cryptocurrency subreddit if they want. And they've got Twitter where they, 
have their little crypto Twitter bubble. They don't need to be, you know, uh, innovating uh, on any of these fronts, but BCH is. And I think the community, I'm going to tie this into message to the community as well, because this week it's me. So uh, Rody Gaming from Noise.Cash. There you go. Owen Lars 12, O-W-E-N-L-A-R-S 12. Everybody go and follow Owen Lars 12 on Noise.Cash. Uh, watches this show great commenter anyway the point is that uh the bch community has has started hitting back we've we're starting to focus on us not on bdc and i've talked about this on several episodes of the show and i i think that evidence is just snowballing in that direction that now the bch community is not focused on being better than bdc it's focused on making bch amazing and that's a critical switch which uh it's going to take the it's going to take the coin a long way, but those things take time. Those those wheels take time to start snowballing uh, in that in that direction. But it is happening, and I think the community, exactly like Colin uh, talks, crypto is talking about, should should pay mind to that. Let's not worry so much about what BTC is doing, or you know whether or not you know what whatever their stupid arguments are. Just forget about that. They're they're, they're self imploding anyway. Uh, by you know just getting into these debates with people that are bigger and smarter than them like mark cuban and at some point elon's going to come out once he's launched a few more rockets and just wreck a few of them uh, like he was already sort of starting to do um so we don't need to really bother about that just leave him to it uh but for us we just got to focus on on spreading education about cryptocurrency how does it work and and giving people a hand to try out Bitcoin Cash and, and to use it. And uh, if, if we can do that, it, it'll just become a, an, an unstoppable uh, force at, at some point. It won't, it won't come from any one thing necessarily, but it'll just be the critical tipping point at which the whole market realizes Bitcoin Cash is, is where it's at. So I can see a lot of great signs for that. Uh, 2021 has been a pretty good year. Um, and I think in hindsight, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot has changed. A lot is, a lot is, a lot has helped in the community, uh, and and we'll see. You know, that should only accelerate in twenty twenty two. So yeah, that pretty much uh, will do it for me for the week. I don't know, Jet. Did you want to make any sort of final, final comments about any of this? Not really. Sorry, I'm like going blinded by this on here. Uh, <laughs> No, I, th- I feel like, uh, I mean, I, I still think there's a little bit of disillusionment, but maybe that's more because uh, my crypto circle is more of like the older folks. I feel like they've been in it definitely quite a, quite a mm. bit longer than I have. Um, but most of my like real life uh, circle is like they're not into crypto at all. And so... Um, I don't know. It's weird for me to have like my frame of reference when it comes to crypto is, is like I mostly um, what I read online, but then, but then I, 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 it meets the real world. Right. And it's like, yeah, there's still so much to do uh, and, and a long way to go. And uh, it's, it's high time that, everyone just doubles down and starts doing what we're doing. You like the coin? Do something for the coin. <laughs> we like the coin. Maybe we should start that as our unofficial uh, like 
motto or something like Bitcoin Cash, we like the coin. <laughs> maybe maybe that could be uh something. But yeah, it, it is it is true. If BCH, the only thing it's it's lacking is is momentum, and that's something that people have a very hard time understanding because momentum is quite an ineffable thing. But once you've got the momentum, you get a lot of momentum. And when you don't have it, it's almost impossible to get, right? So, so uh, I gotta like once... call the arms then. Okay. All right. Let's start. Let's uh, berate TikTok because <laughs> the algorithm on that is absolutely wild. Um, and all it takes is one person getting on the For You page where they're like, hey, this is me paying for a dumpling with uh, Bitcoin Cash. And all of a sudden you have you know, tens of thousands of viewers um, that would not normally be exposed to that. And there's so many working people. I was so surprised by this. There are so many blue collar, hardworking, rural people on TikTok. Mm. Um, and having that, hey, this is how easy it is for everyone on a platform that's already easy for everyone would be, uh, I think, a lot a lot more persuasive than nerds like me trying to go up to a merchant and being like, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. if anyone in the Bitcoin cash space is on TikTok, uh, reach out and let's coordinate some shit. Like uh, yeah, doing some stitches up. and all that shit. Like that's how exactly. you get Exactly. Yeah, I don't know anything about uh, TikTok really, but I want to give a shout out here to daisy fabria everyone can follow on twitter at daisy fabria but also she's on tiktok tiktok.com slash at daisy d-a-i-s-y underscore fabria f-a-b-r-i-a and recently i've been seeing her she's into bch and noise.cash and all that stuff and she has been doing tiktoks and i think that is freaking killer so i am uh you know, I do think that like the podcast maybe needs to make some TikToks or whatever. I haven't had time Take to look into clips. it and yeah, figure it all out. Like, you know, how to, I don't know, game the algorithm or make it go viral or whatever. But um, I will need to to look into that because it is just pretty foreign to me at this uh, exact moment in time. But I think you're right. The, we just, we just need some new, some, some new angle, some new way in there. Um can I say the username again or put it in chat? Yes, I will. It's Daisy Fabria. D-A-I-S-Y. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me put it in chat. I, I'll do that as well. D-A-I-S-Y underscore Fabria. F-A-B-R-I-A. And we'll put it in the show notes and stuff for people who, yeah, that's it, who watch the show on on Twitter and on TikTok. So that's that's the kind of thing we need to be doing so if anybody can help her out or has a similar idea or whatever if we get yeah, enough people doing already. tiktoks let's do a tiktok of the of the week kind of thing same thing tiktok here, like of a... the week yeah that's a good that's a good idea actually uh all right well a lot of, a lot of stuff we need to investigate there on uh on tiktok uh but yeah just just some kind of viral magic and uh bch with the with the momentum will just will just kick off so yeah, anyway, that uh, that will do it for the show. That was uh, first episode stream live. I have enjoyed having the uh, comments here and stuff um, while, we're, while we're going along. I don't know that we're going to make it too much into it, like viewers just chipping in halfway through or whatever, but uh, because it's the first, first time doing it, uh, I did want to sort of highlight that. Um, yeah, it seems like a bit of a, a success, so maybe we can try, uh, try that again next week. So... Uh, as always, the uh, 
viewers can donate at the uh, BCH QR codes uh, that's on the slides and on the show. Um, <laughs> Brody Gaming says, Jeremy, give Jet a big screen space. Well, listen, man. I control the screen can have space. It. Yeah. He, he's in charge of the screen space. So <laughs> if he if he wants to put himself, it's 100% of the screen, he can do that. So he's, he's choosing to be, uh, What's choosing up, to be anonymous. <laughs> but yeah, don't worry. There's no dictatorship over the screen space um, coming from me. So yeah uh anyway um shout out to all the donors thank you very much uh it really helps uh running the show and uh you know um i do appreciate it um then also people can check out bitcoincashpodcast.com it's now will boost the google analytics and uh the faqs and all that stuff is is linked there as well um you can follow the show uh, if you go there, all the links are in the bottom, but, you know, on Telegram, on Twitter, on Twitch now, on YouTube, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, like Spotify, whatever, just look it up and get it. And if we don't have it, then uh, send me a message and I'll uh, I'll start trying to distribute. I do want to actually distribute the show on Library as well, on Odyssey. Haven't got around to that, just had way too many things, but that's in the back of my mind as well. I don't know. A lot, lot of different things. But anyway, the point is you can get the podcast wherever uh, wherever you want, hopefully. And uh, yeah, Bitcoin Cash doing doing pretty great. Shout out for this, this week uh, is I'm going to reiterate here. My Aunt Mary, absolute uh, legend and getting involved in BCH and in uh, cryptocurrency. So, uh, you know. Uh, welcome, welcome aboard. And uh, I know she listens to the show, so hopefully uh, she will hear this. Jet, any any shout outs or we'll wrap it up? Ooh, shout outs. Uh... Nah, nah, to be honest. Uh, although, last quick little thing. Um, I know I've posted about this in a couple Telegram groups and on Twitter. Um, we're trying to get some kind of discussion episode going of just a group of if you're heavily involved in cryptocurrency, if you're a miner, a developer, a skeptic, a no coiner, uh, if you hate, uh, if you think it's killing the environment, we just want to get a bunch of people together. And like, I, I would love to pick people's brains. And for the most part, my crypto circle, that was a great voice crack. Shout out to that voice crack. Uh, for, the, for the most part, my crypto circle has been, like I said, a lot of uh, older folks that have been around for a long time. And I want to hear some uh, new voices. And um, I, I, I think we're facing different challenges today than we were uh, three years ago. And I, I kind of want to know what they are because I think I'm too in the weeds even at this point. So to get um yeah i just want to like freshen up uh what the social uh consensus of uh, specifically bitcoin cash but crypto in general is uh, and so if that's interesting to you at all then uh open invite we do have a couple people that have already expressed their interest um but yeah 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 so maybe a bit of a uh, group episode coming uh coming soon obviously the more people you have the higher the coordination uh barrier becomes so no promises that that's going to be like the very next episode or anything but yeah we do have it in the pipeline so hopefully 
uh, we can mix it up with the one where we yeah, cut out, you know, maybe some of the news and some of the other like set topics or whatever. And we just have a bit more of a, like a, an open forum. Or maybe uh, even to, it's an after show kind of thing. Like, we'll figure oh, yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be trying something. But uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And until next time. Oh, Richard Dallas can buy nothing for